connect with others who water your garden of life. Welcome to Habits and Humor, where you come to make serious progress without taking life too seriously. This podcast shows how we can use embarrassing moments as empowering tools to help us create powerful daily habits and enjoy life at the same time. I'm Susie B., author and creator of Life Conscious and master of all things embarrassing. This is Habits and Humor. Come to laugh, stay to learn, choose to live. Hey friend, I just wanted to quickly remind you before we get into today's show about the holiday health challenge that Karen Banghart and I are putting together. Don't spend the next three months sabotaging yourself only to have to pick up the pieces in January. Start now to look and feel great and set yourself up with an amazing start to next year by finishing this one off in a fantastic way. Visit holidayhealthchallenge.info to ensure that you both look and feel awesome this holiday season. With a nutrition coach and a personal trainer and a whole bunch of like-minded friends by your side, this holiday season will leave you feeling in control, fit and fabulous from Halloween to New Year's Day. Check out holidayhealthchallenge.info. Hello and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Habits and Humor Podcast. Today we're going to talk about how to be a little bit unique and how to use humor in kind of a unique way. We want you to be your, your own unique self and we want you to live a unique life, but also be able to find the humor even in difficult situations. So I have a guest on here with me today named Lisa Olson. Lisa David Olson, what do you want? How do you, Lisa David Olson? Lisa David Olson. Okay, mm-hmm. named Lisa David Olson. And she is a comedian and she, is, uh, she teach, teaches improv. She is a humorist speaker. She is a performer who shares how humor saved her life. So we're actually going to have her tell that story in just a few minutes. But I just want you guys to understand how powerful humor can be. This month, we're focusing on our mental health and we're focusing on these mental health habits. And I think Lisa has such a unique perspective on how humor can absolutely open up the world around us to be positive no matter what is going on. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Susie. I truly enjoy your show habits and humor and how you add health with wit and your guests. And even when you're solo, it's, I find tips that I'm like taking notes and I just love your show. So thanks for including me. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Thank you for being here. I really, really appreciate the time that you've taken. I know you are a very busy woman and you do a lot of things and we're just grateful that we're here, that you're here and you are a very entertaining person. Just every time I've talked to you, I just, I just laugh the whole time. It's great. So today I kind of want to just start in with that story of how humor saved your life. Can you just give us a little bit of, of what that story is and tell us kind of where that led you to, to where you are now? Yes. In, um, so I ran and performed in a comedy and improvisation troupe for two decades And we still do improv shows, which are so fun to include the audience, you know, give me a room where two people met, give me an unlikely sporting event. And we smush it all together and everyone's a part of it. And it's a passion. And that goes through to my speaking even today. So it's very fun. And what's not fun is growing up in a traumatic childhood, but I did write a book about it. So it's kind of like, well, how is that funny? I don't think trauma is funny. Well, it is not. You know, I grew up with an alcoholic mother and she was physically abusive, verbally abusive. 
And dad just kind of would go into the den called a man cave these days. And it's, you know, it was interesting writing it because then I relived parts. Some of my memory came back and Mm -hmm. just the questions that came in. But along with that, my mother had a very fun storytelling style. She definitely would try things. Um, Maybe she water ski, maybe she danced. All of a sudden in the seventies, she was sewing leather bikini tops for a biker group. Why not? (laughs) So, and I still, to this day, don't know if they could actually get wet. I suppose cows get wet in the rain, but anyway, (laughs) that's the balance of all of our lives and trauma, you know, goes in different ways. Um, Two of my siblings became obese. One sister married at 19, got pregnant and married to get out of the house. One brother would rarely be at the house. He would hide. And then the baby brother was pretty protected. Myself, my escape was humor. In the Carol Burnett show, I pretended that Carol raised me because she was raised by alcoholic parents and ended up living with her grandma. And so I pretended that she was my mom. And in my TEDx, I do talk about the moment, the aha moment with the Carol Burnett show. And I'm still trying to get her on my podcast. So Susie, if you and Carol are like, Facebook friends or something, (laughs) drop a note. I want eight minutes of her time, which is a lie. I would take about 12, but eight (laughs) minutes is all I need, Carol. Carol Burnett. All right. I love it. I love that you had someone that you connected with because she had similar, obviously similar experiences to you, but then she used humor to, you know, change her perspective as well. I I mean, I think that's fantastic that you had a, a role model that also used humor. And that's sort of where, is that kind of where the humor started for you? It's an escape for myself. I would, so as a kid, I put on a lot of shows and basically they, they sold out. The room was full and I had costume changes, singing, lots of stand-up comedy and different talents. Uh, I never perfected juggling, but my audience didn't care because at least I was trying and it was That's all my amazing. Barbies, but where still, would you, it, where would you it was all shows? My, like at your my, house, my bedroom, my audience was my Barbie dolls. <laughs> you had a sold out show this is every time every time Susie (laughs) the bed was full so I was always doing that escaping I had a a DJ booth in my room later years I became a DJ so you know it's like it was an escape and you will find with most stand-up comics they have that side to them that they don't bring on stage because it's self-deprecating humor or that of deflection or isn't this ironic and to this day it if, if I'm uncomfortable, a joke is happening to deflect from, and I'll speak about anything. I'm just saying, if I can feel the tension or I feel so, at a doctor's office, I get the giggles, which isn't great <laughs> during a pap smear. So, it just happens. That's real life. <laughs> so is it an escape that makes it so that whatever you're facing goes away? Or is it just something that helps you to deal with the situation you're presently in? It's a wonderful deflection and humor is my drug of choice. Now let's, let's talk being mental health awareness, not great for your brain. You can't deflect your issues. You will one day have to dig in, which I do have a therapist and I've been asked by my physician and my therapist and close friends. Do you always have to be funny? Uh, so there's stuff you have to dig into. And I absolutely have what I call the gray time. I have anxiety. So that's when I say I'm spinning, but I acknowledge it. And when I'm really down, I 
absolutely disappear. You're not going to find me on social media crying. And I'm not saying what's right. I'm just saying who I am, but I need a reset. And when I am feeling down, I try not to put reason to it because that's the simplest thing that we can do. Oh, it's because my friend or it's, oh, it's because I don't have money or, oh, it's because this, that's not going to help you. So I, I usually get through, get the cries out and, you know, just try and count the blessings and get out in my garden and weed the garden or something that's called control. Yeah. <laughs> a and little bit a, of OCD. That's a hobby that feeds your, your soul. And so where you, oh, yeah. for me, I have to have those hobbies that get yes. me out of my own head. <laughs> right. For me, it's dirt meditation. Absolutely. Dirt meditation. I like that term. Awesome. So how did humor save your life then? You know, you talked, I mean, we got into the, the beginning of it where you started to connect with Carol Burnett. You used humor to escape to your own bedroom. Then what, where are we at now? As a teenager, I had a handful of Darvacet. I can remember these pills back then. They were a blue capsule. Don't know how I got them. I'm sure it was in my mother's medicine cabinet or something. And I wanted to just take the pills and be done. I didn't fit in at school. I would one day be hanging with cheerleaders, one day be hanging with what we called the hoods, you know, the smokers, the partiers. And I didn't fit in anywhere. I was just kind of everywhere and yet nowhere. And so I wanted to be done. I wanted to be done with the night frights of my mother pulling me out of bed in the night saying, somebody threw mushrooms in the garbage. Come out here right now. It's 3 a.m. You know, you've got school the next morning and you're sorting garbage or you're cleaning the bathroom with a toothbrush or you're just basically getting yelled at. Just hit me with the belt and let's be done. You know, I got to get up in the morning. So therefore, when I just was done, I didn't feel like I had friends. I certainly couldn't have friends over. And I was sitting there in my room and I remember, you know, plaid, bedspread, the shag carpeting, the dark panel walls, you know, now, you know, my age and it was pills in one hand and a glass of water in the other. And I really thought I could just float away, just take these, just be done, go to sleep and just go. Cause it's, who's going to miss me. And then from the other room, right around the corner in the living room, I could hear laughter. And I heard the Tarzan yell, which was a key of knowing the Carol Burnett show was starting and I didn't want to miss it. You know, laughter draws us in. Even if you're at a restaurant and you hear the table next to you laughing, we turn and look like, oh, that's joyful, you know? And we are even at work. If we hear somebody laughing near us, we're, we're drawn to that. We're curious. We want in, we want those endorphins that they're sharing. And so in that moment, not knowing all the details, I was drawn to the Carol Burnett show because we didn't have VHS, DVR, you know, hit record or any of those things. So you watch the show or you missed out. Hmm. And I chose to go to the show. I chose to go watch the Carol Burnett show that night. And in that moment, it was not this huge, oh my gosh, laughter is so important and healthy. It wasn't that because I didn't know it as a teenager. I know that now. And it broke the spell of me thinking taking a handful of pills is the best idea. It broke the moment and I needed that just then. So I, I feel like Carol Burnett kind of had something to do with it. And then in later years, I end up running a show that's really similar to hers. It wasn't my goal for most of my young adult life, but it turned out to be like the perfect thing that is my legacy. That is an incredible story. Like, wow, to go from, right? At just wanting it all to be over to one laughter that 
that Tarzan. Yeah, I love that that is what brought you back into the options of what else is there? What else could I do right now? What other choice could I make? And oh, I'm just so grateful right now that you chose that choice. Thank you, Carol Burnett. You deserve eight minutes of her time. Oh my heck, that's just absolutely astounding. <laughs> eight minutes. That's all I'm oh. asking for, Carol. That just that story <laughs> like really just blew my mind right now. And so you get there, you're you realize like, okay, I'm gonna choose this instead of that. What uh, what kept you going after that? What made you not go back to that place? I ended up making the decision at 17. I left school and left home. <laughs> so I, our lives are a constant list of choices. And though they're not written in front of us, it could be what clothes to wear, what lunch to pack, what person to text, what Facebook accounts to follow to, <laughs> am I going to continue? Do I drive off the bridge or I drive over to work out? Our life is constant choices, big and small. And I chose to not go the traditional route. I chose to not be like my sister and get pregnant and then married. And she had stepkids and her own kids. I think she had five kids by the time she was 24 between stepkids and, and things like that. And my, wow. my brother just kind of taking off and I missed out on some years with him. And so it goes in that moment of being almost 17, I'm like, I'm out. Audi, Audi, Bo Bowdy. And I didn't even have a driver license or anything. So I moved out and ended up working full-time and didn't have a license, just took the city bus and eventually got my license, eventually finished school and all those things and, and went on. But that probably was one of the better choices. I don't think you, people are like, you know, oh, I have to stay home or parents think we have to stay married for the kids. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> Not when it's just pure crap at home. That's, that's a really strange thing. And that's probably back from that generation. Yeah. A constant list of choices. Interesting. So you get to, you know, 17, 18 years old, you decide I'm going to take some control. I'm going to control what I can control and I'm going to live my life the way that I need to live my life. So you get out and you're on your own and you're doing this thing. How is humor helping you at this point? I think it was being young in a more adult world humor was necessary to bridge the gap of things I didn't know, maybe that they were talking about again, that deflection, or that, that way to ease a moment and connect, we are, again, drawn to each other through humor. And so therefore, if you can be funny, you can glaze over the fact that I, I'm not well versed in history, I went through 10th grade, right? So here I am in the adult working world, and speaking with adults, and I was working at a hotel, and you'll have conversations that you can't, you know, like respond to or, or think that you're worldly or any of that, but with humor, you can still connect That's amazing. and you don't even have to know each other's language. You don't have to be in the same age bracket. You don't have to be any, you, you know, whatever gender you are, you could be standing with someone and see something visually hilarious. Maybe a dog goes by and he's bopping a beach ball on his nose as he's walking by and he's wearing a tutu I'm laughing of course I'm going to try and pull out my phone but back then we didn't do that that's funny and you might be a traveler from another country and we don't speak the same language we just saw something that was quite unique and funny we're going to laugh in that moment and our next interaction is also filled with that joy that glee and it's just that ripple effect of joy that we all crave that's awesome I like that, that you're connecting those things together where humor bridges the gap 
whatever the gap might be, whether it's a language barrier, age barrier, gender, whatever it is, if you see or feel something that makes you laugh, and then you share that with the other person, you instantly have a connection. I totally agree with this. And that's why I like to use humor as a piece of progress, because oftentimes when we talk about personal development or any of these things that we want more of in our lives, it gets really hard and it gets heavy and it feels feels too hard. It feels too difficult. And you sort of feel a little bit held back by that. Whereas if you use a humorous story where you can relate to it, like, okay, well, if that person can go through that experience, then maybe I've got a shot. (laughs) So I know you've got some stories like that. Tell us a few of the stories that you've experienced in your, you know, in your work with bravery. I know you talked about, you, you did a lot of things. You were very, very brave to go out on your own early on to enter the workplace at a young age where you felt inadequate And then you got into this bravery work. Tell us about what that is and how that worked for you in your favor and and sort of helped you move in a different direction in your life. Right. It's just the the fact that I had to somehow get by and survive and make choices. So I I kept that going. And as I got older, one of the things that occurred to me a few years ago was, wow, you know, we're so attracted to joy. And there was these girls taking selfies outside of an ice cream shop. And I was with my husband and we were going to go into a restaurant. And I said, you go ahead. I'll join you in a second. And him being married to me all this time, he's like, okay, why would you question Lisa? (laughs) She's doing (laughs) something. I don't want to be there. I fully will wait over here. So I approached these young ladies and and, you know, they had ice cream. They're living their young lives, you know, and just being so adorable. And I was like, Hey, can we get a selfie together? And one said, are you an influencer? And I was like, I don't know what that means. I was like, uh, maybe, you know, maybe I, I, I'm going to Google that on my own time. Cause I didn't know. And right as I raised, they said, yes. And right as I raised my camera to do the selfie in that moment of my arm coming up, my brain had a new idea, which was let's not smile. For me, this was new and I've seen this since, but to me, this was my own new idea. And I said, let's not smile. And we all started cracking up. How do you not smile and laugh? You're with a stranger. You got your best ice cream cones. I'm talking waffle cones with sprinkles. And how do you not laugh? And I, I raised it up and it was hilarious in trying to, you know, use your resting bee face as they might say, but it made us laugh ahead of time. It made us laugh behind the times. And I'm going to show Susie the picture and (laughs) it was my people on the street and you're like, nobody smiled. (laughs) Correct. And I call it serious selfies with strangers. I hashtag it on my Facebook page (laughs) and then people will send me theirs. And since then they, people have said, like, if they know me in my town, we want a serious selfie. And so it's just become this thing, but What I didn't expect, besides just that joy of the moment, which really does, it just brings you that elation and your endorphins are flying around and and everything. And so I didn't expect true friendships from it. And from the girls that of that very first one, the moms saw the picture in my book and they knew me from my comedy work. And we all got together for coffee and we spent about an hour and a half together laughing, passing the book around, signing it. And then we went to a resale shop nearby and we were singing ABBA and we lied to the workers and said we were in a musical and (laughs) did they want to take our picture? And 
because I took the moment to put my phone to use instead of keeping my face in it, I established this relationship. And that's just one story of many from doing serious selfies with strangers. Serious selfies with strangers leads to a great a time with good new friends that you weren't expecting. It wasn't even the girls that you became friends with. It was their moms. I love this story. That's so awesome. You talk about stranger connections on your show, on your podcast, Stranger Connections. And that is obviously one of the pieces that you use. So serious selfies with strangers is a hilarious concept where it takes two seconds but you instantly have this connection that we're talking about with these people immediately. Imagine listeners, imagine yourself, you're walking down the road, some random person comes up to you and says, let's take a selfie together. What do you do? You're like, what in the world? And then you start to laugh because it's funny. And then she says, nope, you can't smile. Like, <laughs> so try it at home with your family yes. tonight. Yes. Exactly. You don't even have I to do it with this. the series, but don't warn them ahead of time. It's as the camera's coming up. Oh, don't smile. <laughs> So you're making these connections with strangers. What else you got going on? What else? What else? Yes, that's my, my podcast definitely is generally people that I do not know. And I just want the weirdest parts of story. Does your aunt juggle jello pudding cups? I don't know. Do you, (laughs) you know, the, my first guest was a monk who was, he was a monk for seven years and then he quit being a monk. Well, you can bet. I want to know why he started and why he quit. (laughs) And every single show wraps up with my guest sharing either a dare or a prank story, one that they have done or had done to them because I am a prank enthusiast and prank enthusiast. I like uh, the title you've given yourself. Oh yes. Yes. I am. Tell us about that. What are some of the pranks that you have done or have had (laughs) done to you? Tell us your own version of that. Oh, my friend, that would be a a whole book in itself because I've always (laughs) loved pranks because of the humor part of it. I like the friendly ones. I don't like this this made up junk that you're seeing on social media. I'm like, Oh, come on, amateurs. This is, that was staged. That was, that was older. And I don't want anybody to get hurt. So my favorite pranks are basically, Oh, the old let's jump out at you. I even do that to my sweet dog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes she sneaks up behind me and gets me. So, um, I have a, I have two sons that came out of me three that, um, got as my bonus sons with my marriage. (laughs) Yes, yes, two two beautiful humans that I that fell out. And I just have always pranked them and have always had them help me with pranks. So they don't know the difference. In fact, they were my episode 100. They are now 24 and 26. And we shared some of those stories like the day that it was April 1 and there was no school, but I still got them up, kept the radio off so they couldn't hear anybody talking about pranks. And we went to school and they were like second and fourth grade. And mom, the the building it was like all the windows are closed and the you know the parking lot's empty I don't understand I've never seen it like this because I wasn't exactly early in my real days so I was just like oh we must be super early today guys let me get your picture by the flagpole and then as I took their picture I was like April Fool's and on my episode talking about it my one son is like, and do you remember what you did after? I said, well, of course I took you out for pancakes and we laughed all day. He goes, besides that, mom, you put it in the paper. I'm like, oh yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> He's like, no, no, that wasn't great. You know, and, and they're laughing about it, but I would have them go up to strangers at the mall, not strangers, forgive me. I would have them go up to somebody that I knew and I would send the boys and say, see that man in the red shirt. And it was like a good friend of mine, but he didn't see me. I would hide behind a kiosk or a wall and send the boys over to go, will you be my daddy or else? (laughs) Mr. Do you have five bucks? 
And the person would always look around and I'm just peeking out and they're like, you better go find your parents. And my boys would just keep a straight face and do that. And it's probably (laughs) not exactly legal, but you know, then I would pop out and go, gotcha. And one of my friends, you know, it's decades later and he still talks about the time that, that he was at like the super Kmart or whatever. And he's like, your kids came up and wanted me to be their dad. I'll never forget that. (laughs) (laughs) That's another thing about humor that I love is it is so memorable. That's one reason we use it on the show is because it helps you to remember whatever it is. Oftentimes we don't do the thing we want to do because we just don't remember. So if I give you a story, so many fun. Yeah. And it's harmless. Exactly. And it's it's harmless. It's memorable. It's useful. And it just is good, clean, fun. Like it just makes you laugh. Like it to, should the be. power of yeah. laughter is so good for your mental health. Would you agree with that? Oh, it's necessary for your mental health. Your embarrassing moments or your prank stories or those things become our stories. Those moments become our stories and that's a connectivity and saying the benefits of your health. When you laugh, you know, I already mentioned you raise your endorphins. You also lower your blood pressure. And bonus, you're releasing nature serotonin. So, you know, it's like affordable healthcare. (laughs) And when you seek laughter, you're going to find it. You're, you know, when you're looking at the news too much, you, you have choices for myself. It would be bloopers of my favorite show. Anybody that likes the office, Google bloopers of the office, hilarious. And it's just the way that you should seek that and also enclose your group with those who are that way. And, you know, I've got, we all have the people on Facebook that we kind of go, oh my gosh, why am I still following him or her? Hmm. This is so, I don't care about that. You're just being, you know, you're vague booking. Choose who you have in your circle in real life and online, because that's your time. We have how many minutes left in this day, in this week, in this year, we don't know. Mm -hmm. We do not know. So how are you spending those times? Yipping about somebody else or seeking the good. Agreed. Seeking the good. So you're choosing the humor. And do you feel like as you look for stuff, you just find more funny things? That's what I always find is like, if I am thinking about, you know, I write a couple of stories or if I write, you know, record a couple of podcasts where I'm telling funny stories, humorous things will happen way more often when those things are on my mind. Does that happen to you? Sure. It's like a hunter that's hunting deer. They always see a white tail in it and it isn't, but you see that in the woods or let's all right now think about red cars and whether you're out walking or driving or whatever, right now for the, for the rest of the day, think about red cars and see how many red cars you see. That's the real thing. Why do we all check out at the store at the same time? It's there, there's some sort of group think some sort of mentality that way. Well, you could use that. Animals have this huge intuition. How does a animal know to give birth and oh well that placenta looks delish how do they know these things and we have to read books to be told what to do trust your intuition go for that you know when your tummy hurts sometimes you know gosh heat would feel good on my gut that's your intuition you have so much of it tap into it tap into it and you always have that constant list of choices how do you keep humor as one of your choices? Sometimes when you get in a really difficult situation or you're, I mean, obviously you've been there, you've been in places that are so, so difficult, so, so hard. How do you still have humor as a choice? How do you still have that on the list? You know, I do have those gray times. We all do. And I'm not going to just seek some sort of a pun, which I love puns. And I also use my dog and my puns all over my Facebook page. So do, do seek that out. People hate, hate, they love to hate puns. So there's that. You could 
like you said about writing, Susie, I think that's a brilliant thing. And whether you're writing, you know, people are like, but I don't know what to write about. We each have a book in us. So go ahead and write it. Don't worry about your logos. Don't worry about your titles. Just write the stuff because, you know, you could write something last week that matches something from five years ago. <laughs> and all of a sudden that's what creativity is. I take this idea and this other idea and put them together for a brand new idea, like mm. Reese's peanut butter cups, trademark, send me a coupon. And, <laughs> you know, all those things are seeking and creating. And if you think about where you're sitting right now, standing or walking or driving, and you look above you and look down at your head. All right. Now let's go up to your roof and look down at you and you're getting smaller. And now we're going to go to a mountain. Now we're going to float in the sky. Look how that moment, that, that speck of who we are is that matters every single time. When you take the bird's eye view, what are you doing with that moment? What are you doing? I get so mad at myself when I realize I've been scrolling through the depth trial for a half hour. That is not feeding my soul. That is not go team depth. That is not <laughs> satisfying or getting anywhere. I should be writing. So then I, I kind of scold myself. I'm not saying I'm doing all the things. I just know what I crave to do and need to do, which is like you said, seeking the, the humor or the creativity outlet. So one thing I do when I especially during COVID and we weren't able to connect in person, going to the store was a big dang deal to me. And I'm mm -hmm. so thankful that the grocery stores were open. And I would say to the cashier, you know, I'll be the cashier and you be me. I say to you, did you find everything? Yes. Yes, I did. Thank you very much. Okay. You doing good? Everything good? Yeah. yeah all is well. Good. Boom. We had no kind of interaction at all. Sort of. I was saying, what are you doing for fun? Hmm. That question takes somebody way off of the rail because I learned that the six foot three guy with dreadlocks and the tie dye t-shirt at my favorite co-op became this little guy as he pulled out his phone. And I said, after I said, what are you doing for fun? And he pulls out his phone and goes, we're fostering kitties. Look at these. I got three oh, yeah. kitties and they're named after the golden girls and all this. That was hilarious because he became this little happy guy. And then we connected on that every time I would ask, how are the kitties and that sort of thing. That's a connection. That is brilliant. I love that. So there's a cashier at one of the stores that I go to often that always asks me, what's been the best part of your day today? Instead of asking, how's your day going? She says, what's been the best part of your day today? And I have to think yes. before I answer her. And I'm like, I love that you ask me this every single time. That is great. I and like that, that same, too. At that same grocery store, there's this little older man that walks around in the mornings he's only there in the mornings but he, I swear he's there every day I don't know I see him there all the time and he has these little cards in his pocket that just says what does the card say it says you are amazing you are the a and amazing you are the a and awesome and I can't remember what the last line is but it's something about you're inspiring others by just being here or just being yourself and he gives these little cards to people and it's just like and then he just walks away like that's all he's just sharing a little goosebumps like, people like this it's brilliant he took that to a whole nother level. I, I love know. to leave post-it notes, but I like the cards idea too. It's so cute. Oh, it's like that's a little so business cool. card. I thought he was handing me a business card and I was like, this is the randomest thing ever in the grocery aisle. But I was like, oh my God, I love this. <laughs> I love it so much. We should do that. We should do drive-by post-its and just slam it on people's stuff when they're not looking. I love it. Of course on video, it would look like we're pickpocketing. So I'll have to <laughs> rethink this idea. There's gotta be a, a better way. But right. yeah, Listeners, that's, that's up to you. How are we going to share the messages without looking like looters if we are leaving yes! post-it notes everywhere? Such a fine line between spreading joy and getting arrested. 
<laughs> agreed. Absolutely agreed. Oh, brilliant. So just to wrap up today, I love all of your stories where you come from using humor. I mean, first of all, to actually save your life to sharing the joy. Just, this is what you do now with your podcast. Tell us a little bit about your podcast and the other things you have going on with your, that you're encouraging more joy sharing in the world. Oh, thank you. I have a stranger connections podcast. And so join me there because it's just all different people. It, it's so much like Susie's show because you don't know each, you know, it's not just one theme at all. And it is tied together in just that it wraps up with a prank or a dare story, but that's not how I started the show. It was basically, I want the weird and the unique because we are connected through story. Since we were cave people drawing memes on the cave wall, we are connected through story. And it's not all about humor. It is about story. Uh, the lady that I met because I saw her story on CNN that found a bottle in the lake from the 1900s. And she actually found a relative of the man who wrote the note. I mean, odd, crazy, weird, wild stories. I love the, and so send me your weirdos. <laughs> send, send me your those weirdos. weirdos. And also on Facebook, I have counterclockwise and that's a group of just humor. Basically we're just meme sharing, no politics, no pandemic talk, no trial talk, none of that stuff. It's just clean humor. Now, believe memes. me, I can go dark humor, but that's, that's, if you want to message me, that's fine. Cause I, I do work memes. with, uh, you know, five sons and I work with police during the day. So believe me, I can go there. <laughs> <laughs> I love your memes. I love that group. I think it's so funny. It just puts a smile on my face. I love it. Everything about it. Thank you. It is. It, that's one of the things you can go to when you're having a down moment and just go, eh, I just need a stupid laugh or a dumb pun, you know, go there. Yes. A little well, bit of sarcasm goes a long way and I love it. It's so great. It does. And so then I'm also writing my next book, which will be all about creativity and improv. I'm thinking I'm going to call it sweat in the weird places. I'm not really sure yet, but it's, it's about um, being brave and daring yourself to try new things. And it's all about my improv teaching in life and how that works for business or for you, the listening skills, the trusting, having your partners back, making each other look good. It's not about stage work. It's about real life. So and that and my speaking, that's what I'm up to. That's amazing. I love that you use improv in settings where people are not in a humorous way, in a mindset, you know, like people don't go to work and think, okay, how can I make people laugh today? But right. you can use improv in that same situation in all those things you just said, trusting your coworkers, making the other person look good, realizing how, what it is to not be selfish and how that connects the room when you're thinking about well, how, what can I set up for somebody else? That's beautiful. I love that you use improv for those, those kind of situations. Thank you. And that's what I teach to the, the, you know, groups it's whether it's a workshop or it's a corporate event, you know, it's improv for real life. It's not a group of people coming up in different colored t-shirts and driving a, an imaginary bus, although I would play with you, but it's, it's actual <laughs> tips and nobody gets called out. It's interactive from your seat. It's, you know, cause there's days I don't want to play. Hey, you mister in the third row, come on up here. No, 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 I don't want to crazy lady. <laughs> I'm, I'm comfortable back here, but I will shout out an idea. Underwater basket weaving. Okie doke. Now we've got an idea. He's safe in his seat. Nobody's called out. I do not scare your introverts. And that's my guarantee. <laughs> I do not scare your introverts. That's my guarantee. That's a good line. Awesome. I love the work that you're doing in the world, but also just the way that you're living. I can just tell that you have come up to such a place of knowing who you are, knowing what makes you tick and what makes you happy and then seeking out that happiness that's such a huge piece of the puzzle know who you are find what makes you happy and then actually do that thing 
So if you had, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much, Lisa, for all of your brilliant wisdom and your hilarious insights. If you were to give us like three takeaways from today that we can use starting today to form these habits in our lives to, to improve ourselves and be a little more happy and be a little more unique, stay weird. <laughs> what can we do? Yeah. Just write down your request on a $50 bill and mail it to, no, I'm just <laughs> Susie, I first of all want to say you are a tremendous host. And when I've listened to your other episodes, what I dig is when you ask a question, I either think, oh, I'm glad she thought of that. Or yes, that's what I was wondering too. So I think you're a fabulous host and I I really appreciate being part of your podcast. Well, good. Thank you. I appreciate that. My three little tips would be to seek punchlines instead of headlines. Although we need to be up to date with news before bed, find some joy, write down, you know, there's people that write down their gratitude things. You can do that just by sharing a laugh or sending a text to somebody. Hey, I thought of you today. You don't, and you don't need anything. We all get those texts where it's like, Oh, him again. What does he need this time? (laughs) What if you send a text even today, even right as soon as you leave a nice review for uh, Susie's podcast, (laughs) send a text to a friend you've thought of when you think of somebody, send them a note and say, wow, I just thought of you today. So that with seeking your punchlines and spreading the joy, try new things. Like I was talking about you've got this one moment when we do the bird's eye view thing. And you, you think this is the moment I'm in. Is this my last day? Is this my last hour? Or do I have several? I don't know. I want to try something, try that thing, whether it's writing, whether it's actually getting to the mailbox today, or somebody thought of pineapple on pizza, love it or hate it. What are you trying? That's new and different. How can you be weird today, be unique. Weird is a good thing. And last for my three tips is connect with others who water your garden of life. Who's bringing you joy? Who's giving you support? And are you that person to others? Are you out there online going good for you, girl? Hey, way to go guy. That was awesome. Yes. I'm going to follow your show. Yes. I'm going to leave a review. And yes, I support what you do. Cause you know what? There's enough success for all of us. Let's raise each other up. And I guarantee you, it comes back to you. Agreed. So punchlines over headlines. See, uh, what was the second one? Try all the things, try something new and stay weird. And then water each other's gardens, water each each other. Yeah. So awesome. Such good advice. You're just a good person and you make me want to be a good person. Lisa, thank (laughs) you for just bringing the joy today and encouraging me to just spread it around. There's enough success. There's enough happiness. There's enough good in the world. Yeah. We can all, we can all take part. So that's awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're brilliant. And uh, so funny. I just love you guys. If you're not, or if you're not in her Facebook group, tell us the name of the group again. Counterclockwise on Facebook. If you're not in the counterclockwise Facebook group, you have to get in there. It is so funny. It's not, there's no sales. There's no arguments. There's no politics. It's just hilarious memes that will just put a smile on your face. I love it. It's one of the pages I follow all the time. It's brilliant. Okay. Thanks so much for having me on Habits and Humor. I really appreciate how you bring out the best in everyone and your listening skills and your follow-up questions. So thank you so much. It's an honor to be a part of it. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate that. And I just appreciate your story to go from such a crazy, I mean, just to use humor to save your own life and then to take it to where you are now is so inspiring. Just absolutely incredible. I love it so much. So thank you for sharing it. And thank you for, for everything that you're doing and uh, for encouraging all of us today. Thank you, Susie. 
Thanks for listening to the Habits and Humor podcast. Don't forget to sign up for the Holiday Health Challenge so that you can have a personal trainer and a nutrition coach and a whole lot of fun this holiday season. Head to holidayhealthchallenge.info to sign up and we'll see you there.